Before we get started, please don't forget to share this with your friends and tell them the work we are doing. We would love to hear from more people and get more people involved. Enough from me. Here's the podcast where actually you're going to hear more of me. A Dadsnet original podcast. Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Paul. We're the Atwell Brices and this is Disability, The podcast for parents with children who have disabilities. We're the proud dads of two sets of identical twins, Lance and Lawson, our youngest. And Levi and Lucas, our older twins, who are diagnosed with autism and epilepsy, amongst other disabilities. In Disability, we'll be helping you with tips and recommendations. And we'll be speaking to special guests. And most of all, you'll hear that you are not alone in your journey. Hi guys, so welcome back to Disability. Hello, we are back. We are here and we have lots and lots of stuff to tell you. We've been quite busy, haven't we? Yeah, we've been really busy. So we've had some really like exciting news. Um, so we attended the Fatherhood Awards at the weekend. So the first annual Fatherhood Awards. And it's actually uh, what the host, what the owners were saying. The only... Father's Awards in the world. So and I think it's about time we had these where we celebrate the wonderful fathers around the world. Because there are some, and for me, it was quite a delight to be in a room full of so many handsome men. <laughs> it was very nice. Oh, so Paul went in a bright red suit. Yes, and I got complimented a lot, didn't I? Yeah, it was nice and ASOS special. And the suit actually was only about 60 quid. (laughs) (laughs) It was in a sale. No, it it was a really good evening. So we were in inspirational fathers category. Against Ashley Kane. And Nigel Clark from CBBS and like top people. So so. tough competition there. So we kind of knew that um, Ashley Kane would win it with like, he's got like 1.5 million followers and such a massive like fan base. Um, so that category came up. We didn't win. We were a bit deflated, weren't we? Because, but then... We were Can pleased, I just say yeah, at we this point... We were pleased to be there though, weren't we? Because there were some amazing people there and they actually put a really good event on. You know at this point when you're nominated for an award and there's crews filming you, yeah. sat in your chair... And they're filming your reaction when they announce the winner and you don't win. I'll tell you now, it's awful because you have to sit there. Smiling and clapping. Smiling and clapping. Like a clapping scene. And you know, inside you're like, <laughs> why didn't we win this? We no, knew we were so... up against Ashley Kane. So when they do like the National Television Awards and these big high profile actors and actors, Actresses don't win and they're sat there clapping away. Like a clapping seal. And they're clapping their tits off. And I think, oh God, deep down, you must be raging you yeah. didn't win. But, no, um... so, I mean, we were pleased with it because, <laughs> like, the welcome reception, there were canopies and champagne and uh, it were really lovely meeting some of the other fathers in the different categories. And there were a few people that we already knew. We met some new friends as well. Um, so it, it were really good. So then a few awards in suddenly we appeared on the massive screen on the stage because the presenter said and now we have a very special award um a honorary award and all she said was take a look at this and behind her on the stage was this massive screen 
With our family on one too. And then suddenly there we were. And I could not stop crying. I was, honestly, I was overcome with emotion because we weren't expecting it. And to suddenly see us there. So they'd got all these images and clippings and bits of footage from the social media and put together this thing of, like all the work we've done over the years, like battling for cannabis treatments for children with epilepsy, fighting for park equipment, for inclusive park equipment for children, um, the fostering stuff, advocating for adoption. Or they put this montage together and it just really got us into it. In me, I could not stop crying. Even when we walked up on stage, I was crying. But yeah, <clears throat> you know so. what I did like about the Fatherhood Awards? The whole ceremony was very raw. Yeah. It was honest, raw, real-life emotion. And I think that's what's going to make it a huge success. Yeah, it won't just a typical awards ceremony where people get it for... The, the people that got it, I'm not on about us, but the people that got Very inspirational honorary people. awards and other awards, some of the stories, like there were one guy, um, I think he was Hussein, and his wife died two days after giving birth. So then he was left to raise his daughter. And he came from not so, so, so much a good background and got into trouble and stuff. And his dad said to him, look, man up now, you need to sort your child out on this and other and he turned his life around to sort his child out and now he's such a successful person and doing really well in what he does. And it's just great to see so many people from so many different walks of life, just their whole backstory and everything else. And, and then also... The um, world is full of incredible yeah. people. It really, really is. And another big award went to the Dad's Net. So obviously, you know, the Dad's Net produced this uh, podcast. Who are they? <laughs> And they won. They won an award. Um, unfortunately, nobody turned up to collect the no, award. No, they were busy, weren't they? But the award will be fine. They were probably on holiday in a spa, you know, or you know, getting their toes done. Well, if we would have known, they would have won. We could have won and accepted it on their behalf, couldn't we? And no, not really. <laughs> Why should we? <laughs> Hello to everyone at the Dad's Night if you're listening. Um, but we have lots coming up today on. This episode is a yeah, it's a fascinating uh, episode today because it's quite different, isn't it, Michael? Yeah, so we're going to be speaking to Chris. Now, Chris is an adult with epilepsy and we're going to be hearing his story. So that's coming up soon. So stay tuned. Also, we went to a screening, a special screening of the Railway Children Return and we met Vanessa Phelps. So we'll speak about that later too. Hi, so we're going to do a, something a bit different today. We thought there's a lot of news at the moment about disabilities, inclusion, um, acceptance and all things like that. So we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and do a new little segment here on disability about what's been in the news re- recently about disabilities. And there's a big article that we've seen which we absolutely love and i'm sure a lot of our lovely listeners will agree with us it's the primark advert isn't it michael yeah so it's been a big story in the news recently just because it's quite groundbreaking so more and more recently a lot of retailers are using models with different disabilities hidden disabilities missing limbs wheelchair users uh people with 
different pigmentations on the skin, uh, blind people, just a whole variety of different disabilities, which is, which is what it should be and what it should have been a long time ago. But this breakthrough story, it's quite groundbreaking. So Primark kind of headhunted this boy. I think one of their people seen him in the street and, and approached mum. Um, and I mean, imagine being the parents of that child where you spend your life dealing with him and his autism and his complex needs and then suddenly a big chain, a big brand like that approach you to be the face of one of their campaigns. You would yeah. be like, wow, I think talk, what, about, talk about yeah. acceptance. I think what we've always said is children like Levi and Lucas are excluded because they're non-verbal and modelling agencies like to have their consent as well, that the children are happy doing it. Now, we know Levi and Lucas enjoy stuff like that because Lucas just strikes poses and he actually enjoys it, you know, but uh, a lot of... You can't mo- tell children with disabilities to no. look here, look there, smile, a sit down. A lot of model agencies you just, just can't don't, do that. don't accept children that are non-verbal, but this particular boy is autistic and is non-verbal but he's still featured in their campaign and they did a massive photo shoot with him. Um, so he's, he's now one of Primark's models. You know what it does for me? It gives so many families so much hope. Yeah. A simple campaign like that, where it's a child with hidden disabilities such as autism and other difficulties. For families that live and breathe children with disabilities, it gives them hope and it gives me hope. One hundred percent. It's because it's, it needs to happen. Like uh, the the other big thing, obviously, was, was CBBS uh, having a presenter who's got Down syndrome. Now he's brilliant at it, and why shouldn't he be doing it as well? Um, so more and more, River Island's really good. Uh, they actually use a lot of different models with different disabilities. You um, know what I really want to see is. The high-end designers using people with disabilities and hidden disabilities. Your Gucci's and your Your Gucci, your Burberry's, your Prada, your Louis Vuittons, all those kind of high-end. Your yeah, because they have a set type of model that they like, don't they? And they have to look a certain way. Don't put them everybody in the same box. Don't do it. I mean, we've always. If we can, if we if we're gonna fall to, we like to buy the boys Burberry stuff occasionally and stuff like that. I love to take the boys into high end designer shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it so much. This is one of my passions because we go in, and the staff within these stores look at you and they don't understand, and they you can see the the cogs are turning in their heads and thinking, "What's the matter?" Because you just don't generally see children with profound disabilities in high-end shops. One, why shouldn't they be in those shops? Two, they're just as good as anybody else. And three, our money is just as good as anybody else's money. That's right, isn't it, Michael? I think, yeah, but what we've we've actually, like, especially in America, become really good friends, personal friends with some of the people in these shops. So particularly Gucci and Burberry have really took the boys under their wings from first going in and kind of looking gone out at you. They're now, like, play bouncy ball with the boys in the store. They call it a speed ball. They uh, blow bubbles. They bring drinks out. I have to say, I have to give a big, big shout out. There was a, a store in Orlando, Gucci store, 
And we know the guys in there very well because we form relationships from them. And sadly, one of the sales guys who we really got to know very well was one of the victims in the Pulse incident as well, which was yeah, just the Pulse nightclub shooting. In so, Orlando, um, yeah. you know, so that our relationship with the guys in Gucci in Orlando has really formed a tight bond. And um, we went to Orlando one time and the Gucci store was actually closed, wasn't it, Michael? Yeah. Because they were refurbishing it. Yeah. Because they knew we were coming over. This is how oh, yeah. special they made that. us feel. Yeah. Gucci opened the store just for us. And that was just great. We had and the then, whole shop to yeah. ourselves. And but the girls at Burberry, Dagmar and Ari Lou. So and Jenny uh, Perez in so, Orlando. So these yeah. girls, we've become really good friends with them. They actually come to the theme parks with us and go on the roller coasters with us with the boys. We go out for meals with them. Uh, we've become really good friends. And you would see the ones I've seen yeah. from some of our. Facebook posts with the girls in Orlando when Lucas has got Dagmar in a headlock because oh, he loves yeah, her that much yeah. and he won't let go. But he's really smiling. <laughs> and and really Dagmar happy. is like Sophia from the Modern Family show. But they get there were one time they got this rack of clothes ready for Levi, Lucas, Lawson, and Lanson. Yeah, we know but, why they do it because it's yeah, sales. no, it's not that. But they get two of each sizes, in, and we're not obliged to buy anything. They say if you don't want it, we'll send it back. But they get two of each of everything in, and they had like they don't normally carry smaller clothes like the Lawson and Lancers age, and they got all them in. And this other woman, we know, can I have a look at that? Is that for sale? And says no, this is a special order for these customers. Remember, it makes me laugh at the end of it when we. Back. kind of pick the clothes for the kids and then they'll say to us and do we want anything for dads do dads want anything we're like you're joking we can't afford anything now because we spent it all on the kids so we, they have like their version of primark don't they cheaper clothes shop what's it called i can't remember i can't think we uh like, it's not as good as our primark though is no it? we like having a look at um the outlet malls. So we're got we're going to Disney soon. We're really excited. Have we told you that? Can you remember, listeners? We're no, going we're, we're really excited for that. So we'll get to see all the girls again and get to the theme parks with them. There were which roller coaster were it? Everest, Everest in yeah. Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and I don't think they'd never been on it before. So Paul used to be really weary of that, um, not wanting to take Levi Lucas on. And says, they'll love it, they'll love it. And we ended up taking them on. You see, I always put the fear sometimes first. And I, in my mind starts thinking, what if things go wrong? But sometimes you have to put that aside, which is very difficult to have those good times on rides and give the boys the best experiences. Yeah, yeah, so don't don't be afraid of going in and having a look around any store or shop because, you know, Levi and Lucas make a lot of noises that can be quite loud, they can throw stuff, that, you know, just they'll know that they've got disabilities and, and nine times out of ten they're really good with us once they get to know us, aren't they? Yeah, here's a funny story. Once we are in Gucci with uh, the big boys and... Um, it, the shop was really busy, wasn't it, Michael? Suddenly, Lucas took all the shoes off all the shelves and started lining them all up. <laughs> and all the staff that didn't say a thing did the Michael. It's when they randomly throw a bouncy ball in it, it's a customer in Ed and you're like, that one too. 
we're, we're, we're like, where did oh. that come from? <laughs> where was that? What was oh, that? Oh god, you, you just have to go with it, don't you? Though a lot of time, humor, humor is important. We're isn't eating it? in uh, what was that restaurant? Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. This was awful. And Lucas threw a chip <laughs> and it hit one of the dads on the head. And, and all the kids were laughing. Uh, the dads' like, oh, kids we were, were laughing. Like, oh, well, oh, that, where's that come from? And then we were like looking over our shoulder, going, "What was that?" What yeah. was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, really, it was coming from our table. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you that the the Americans they've been really good to us. Um, they're really good with children with disabilities, and they really do go out the way, don't they, to make it special and help out. And we've never had a problem, have we? Um, so yeah, we're uh, that's coming up soon. We'll be able to talk about our little holiday. And next up. On today's episode, we have got a great interview. This is a real life interview from a gentleman called Chris Riley, who puts a lot of his efforts into creating hip hop music. But Chris also has epilepsy. Now, Chris talks very openly and frank about his epilepsy, which to us as parents to Levi and Lucas really helps us understand epilepsy even more, doesn't it, Michael? Yeah, he's got a really debilitating epilepsy and has suffered like many, like he's lost two front teeth, bit of hole in his tongue, really severe like side effects to medications and uh, so that's a fascinating interview coming up with Chris, so that's up next. So on today's Disability Podcast, we are joined by a very special guest, a young gentleman called Chris Riley. Hi, Chris. It's really nice to see you. And you too. So we're just going to give our listeners a little bit of backstory about you. And so they have an understanding of who you are and where you're from and all those kind of things. So Chris, we we know, but a lot of people don't know, you also suffer with epilepsy, don't you? I do, yes. And uh, over the years, you've had many seizures and you've also suffered, due to the epilepsy, many injuries, including losing your two front teeth and a hole through your tongue and even dying for a short time, which is really, really serious, isn't it? Uh, yes, I had 10 seizures in a row and um, my uh, I stopped breathing and my heart stopped for um, two minutes, the uh, said at the hospital. Do you want to go back to the start, Chris, and just talk about, because she wasn't obviously born with epilepsy, you were at 15 when you first had a seizure? I did, yes. Well, yeah. uh, my parents did tell me that, um, oh, I think I can remember them telling me that I did actually have uh, a seizure when I was a baby. Yeah. Um, but since then, uh, I was fine until I was 15. In so, the, uh, sorry. No, sorry, Chris, go on. And... So for, for that, for you, and that were in a classroom at school, wasn't it, that that happened? Uh, yes, I was busy uh, thinking about how uh, hot I thought my English teacher was. <laughs> and, and then you just went into seizure. What type of epilepsy do, do you suffer with, Chris? Um, it, it's not... Um, uh, it's it's not an extreme case. It's not um, the type that's set off by lights or... Yeah. Uh, anything like that. Mine's more lack of sleep related or um, oh, what's the uh, word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, a lot of stress. Let's just yeah, say. Yeah. But, 
but because I um, I don't really get stressed um, because I tend not to think of things too much. Um, I'm okay on that side of things. But the, I mean, so over the years from having that seizure at school and then is it you woke up in the hospital from that? Uh, no, I woke up in an ambulance uh, that had come to the uh, school. And then after that, how often were your seizures after that, Chris? Did they come, become more frequent and more severe? Uh, yes, they did. Uh, uh, I'd say for the first couple of years until uh, the doctors uh, did a lot, uh, all the uh, normal tests like MRIs and things yeah. like that, and, uh, starting me off on um, low amounts of medication. And then as I had more seizures, the uptake as, as the... Uh, as they do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting for us because obviously we know our boys are on a lot of epilepsy meds, but they're non-verbal. You, but you can describe what some of the side effects are like, can't you, and how it's affected your life being on the medications because a lot of people think about the epilepsy, but they don't think about the side effects to the meds as well. And has that impacted you a lot, Chris? Um, it has. It's uh, affected my memory a lot. Uh, 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 I easily forget things. Um, I, I can't. Uh, I find it very difficult to remember things uh, over even years now. Um, I can barely remember anything from my uh, childhood, um, my twenties, anything, unless they're, they're mentioned by, say, my parents or my friends. But even then, I can, I still have trouble remembering. So, and how is your epilepsy now? Is it quite controlled, Chris? It is, uh, and uh, it isn't. They've just recently upped my medication again, so I'm on uh, a, a huge cocktail, uh, but I'm still having uh, a few a few seizures as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I also find it very difficult to sleep. Uh, one of the possible side effects uh, of the tablets, which is... Um, a, Slightly annoying because, uh, as I said, I, re I require sleep. Mine's set off more due to lack of sleep. Uh, one of the side effects is uh, difficulty sleeping. It's like a, a vicious cycle, isn't it? Because we know with our boys, some of their meds um, stop them from, from sleeping properly. But then if you don't get enough sleep, that can cause more seizures, can't it? Tell yeah. us a bit more about, if you don't mind, you know, some of the injuries you've sustained then and how that's affected you? Uh, yes. Um, when I was younger, I, I'm, I think it may be, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I sound old, but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, had a seizure in my parents' kitchen uh, and uh, what had happened was uh, there's a huge dint in the kitchen floor from where I fell and basically went face first like that and uh knocks these two front teeth out and uh and i was alone in the house my parents walked in and when they walked in i was uh, they described to me that i was actually choking on my own blood there was a pool that was uh, bigger than my head and i was face down choking in it while uh, having my seizure uh there was other times where uh, i was making cups of tea and I'd had seizures and I was holding the kettle at the time. And as I fell, the uh, 
uh, kettle that the top had knocked off and I was having a seizure in boiling hot water. Oh, God. That's awful, Chris. I want to ask you, uh, some people that have epilepsy, we will never know this with Levi and Lucas because they're nonverbal, but some people with epilepsy, prior to a seizure, they get what we a lot of people refer to as a aura that they're going to be having one. Do you oh, like, have... Sorry, um, like warning signs. Yeah, like an aura, like a sensation throughout your body that you're going to be having a seizure. Do you get that, Chris? I did used to, uh, uh, but for the past couple of years, I haven't uh, actually had any. Before, I used to feel, um, I used to get like an uh, electrical taste in my mouth and I used to twitch uncontrollably as well. I, I, and my vision used to, there was like a flash sort of thing. Uh, but nowadays, I don't seem to get them. It just happens. Uh, mostly they happen in my sleep. Wake up you know, it's really, it's really fascinating for me to hear you say that you get you used to get like an electrical taste in your mouth because obviously we study epilepsy so much with the boys neurologists and they always say to us, the only way to describe a seizure with Levi and Lucas, it's like electrodes going through the brain. Yeah, it's, it's it, I some, something some spark. To do. Some spark and then depending on how big the seizure is going to be, it depends on how many electrodes spread throughout the brain. So if one just shoots off, that's where it's generally a focal seizure. But if it, it's like electric hitting water, you know how it spreads around yeah. the brain really quick. And the fact that you say it used to be like tasting yeah. electric in my mouth, I find that really, really fascinating because... But kind of putting the two together, yeah, it, it makes so much sense to me. And I think any listeners out there who know about epilepsy, who are managing children or young people with epilepsy, I think this will kind of resonate with them quite a bit as well. And that, that's just, that's why it's so good to talk to people with epilepsy who are open about it and able to talk about it. Because by doing this, this is when people in today's society can start to understand more about epilepsy because it's okay to say, oh, yes, that person's epileptic. But it's a completely different situation to be able to understand epilepsy and how it affects people and how debilitating at times it really can be. Yes, and not not just physically, but also uh, mentally as well. When I first found out, I, I, I felt ashamed and embarrassed. Uh, I felt like a freak and it really didn't uh, make me feel well. I didn't want to be around people. I felt like people were judging me, um, uh, taking the mickey out of me when they saw me having a seizure and everything like that. Eventually I learned to live with it and I thought uh, there's nothing I can do uh, about it. I can't, it's, I can't control it. It's not my fault. And how does this affect you with forming relationships with people um if you are going to go into a relationship with somebody you know a partner or somebody how how does this work so if you meet somebody who you really like and you want to get involved into a relationship how do you deal with all that kind of stuff well um for the past relationships it's always been fine but i've always made a habit of uh 
it being one of the first things I mention. Yeah. Just, uh, just to let them know so they have a pre-warning. And plus, um, it also lets me find out whether they're um, judgy people. Absolutely. Do you, um, like currently, Chris, are you, do you live alone? I do, yes. So you can like just go into a seizure and then you'll wake up and you'll, you'll know that you've just, you know, you've had a seizure afterwards. It can be quite dangerous, that can't it? It can, yes. Uh, I have uh, woken up with a few uh, nasty gashes in my leg. I've, uh, well, I'd say a few weeks ago, I had a huge cut on my leg and it's uh, scarred. Do you have to then, are you not allowed to get in bath then, Chris, in case you had a seizure in bath, do you have to have a shower? Um, uh, yes. Uh, although yeah. I, do, I, I prefer showers myself, to be honest. I don't yeah. really like... Uh, it's just like all the little things that you're talking about, people don't realise, they just see the epilepsy and then you're obviously talking about the side effects and we've had it with our boys, the injuries, the risk of injury cracking your head open like you've lost your teeth. It, there's so much more to it, isn't there, that it's completely like, do you feel like it's took control of your life or no 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 I, I did at first yeah no because I know we want to talk about obviously you do your music as well and that's kind of has that helped you in a way like it gives you something else to think about and, uh, and to be involved with uh, yes well I, I try and do music um, yeah <laughs> um, we, had, we had Sharon on the, the podcast the other week and we know that you were rapping on one of her songs one time and she I think that's how we got to know about you actually and then right. we've stayed friends haven't we on Facebook since yes. um, and I just think you are still doing stuff aren't you you are still like keeping active and doing what you can but the, your condition your other condition as well that I were reading in your um, in your write-up Ah, oh, misophonia, it's called. Yeah. I'm so pleased you said that. I've never actually Because heard I, I was trying to, to pronounce, it. pronounce it in my head and I was like, oh, I might just lead Chris to talk about <laughs> this. Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, how do you pronounce this word? See, and I know we know lots about disabilities, but there's still lots we don't yeah, know. Yeah. And this is why it's really important just to talk about stuff in the open domain so people yeah. learn about stuff. Tell us a bit about that, Chris. Well, uh, misophonia is also known as a selective sound sensitivity syn uh, syndrome. So uh, basically uh, certain sounds. For me, it's people eating with the mouth open, that noise, and the sound of like uh, babies and toddlers crying, that high-pitched. Uh, compared to other people, to me, it sounds uh, worse than nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it, it's uncontrollable uh, and it's incurable. Uh, it can only find ways of dealing with it. And what it does, um, more severe cases, it can send you in, uh, suddenly fill a person with rage and uh, it can cause them to uncontrollably go for whatever is making that noise and do whatever the person can do to stop whatever is making that noise. Um, but uh, so it's kind of limited my uh, social interaction with people. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, there's a way to deal with it. I found uh, either carrying my headphones er uh, everywhere, um, or some earplugs, or um, just moving away from whatever is uh, creating the noise. And have you found you know you you can with that plus your epilepsy. 
um, with like going into employment and stuff, Chris, that being kind of impossible because we know a lot of people with epilepsy, as soon as they tell their employer in an application form, are kind of they're weary of that, aren't they? And it's hard to get into work and obviously because your condition is quite severe. That's affected you a lot in that way as well. Uh, yes, um, uh, I'm actually unable to work, unfortunately, yeah. because I always used to love working, uh, no matter what it was. Uh, yeah. Well, apart from the time I did something called chicken catching, that was uh, no, not my, not my favourite <laughs> job. I've never heard of chicken catching. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to move on about and talk about your music. Right. <laughs> Um, so tell us a bit about your music. I'm right in thinking your kind of genre is hip hop. Is that right? Uh, yes, mainly. Would you class yourself as that? Sorry? Would you class yourself as like hip hop in that kind of genre? Uh, yes, I would, yes. Um, so tell us, uh, tell, us, tell us more about your music, Chris. Well, it's, uh, it's all to do with... Uh, truth because uh, it's nothing like this uh, commercial um i might get into trouble for this um rubbish nowadays um uh, i'm more uh, like i said uh, truth uh, what's actually going on i stick to a subject in any song that i do i don't suddenly change to something else because i can't think of anything to think of you've, you've actually done i remember when you did a song and it were about epilepsy and stuff wasn't it? Um, uh, yes I did, yes, but it um, it could have been better. But as um, with all my music, I record at home, and um, I'm not very skilled with the whole uh, mixing and mastering and everything like that. So the quality of my songs aren't amazing. Lyrically, um, I may be tooting my own horn, toot, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think lyrically, I do very well. If people are interested, Chris, in listening to any of your songs or music, where can they hear it? Um, they could go on YouTube if they type in uh, Chris uh, Venomanubis Riley. Great stuff. And you're also on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram, yes. And what's your angle on Instagram? What's your name on Instagram if anybody wants to find oh, you? Um, oh, I haven't been on it for a while. Um, I'm. You're not very active on Instagram, are you, Chris? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I well, think... what, 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 what's your Facebook page, your name on Facebook for people to find you? It will be uh, Chris uh, uh, Venom Riley. Chris, it's been a joy to talk to you this morning here on the Difficulty Podcast, you know, and I, I wish you nothing but success. Honestly, we really do. And um, it's been great to have you on here, hasn't it? Yeah, keep in touch. It's been fascinating for us hearing, like... The epilepsy side yeah, of it, yeah. 100%. Because we can, like, resonate with it. Obviously, our boys can't speak about it, but they'll go through a lot of similar things with the side effects and stuff as you, and we know they've had problems with sleeping, so it's nice to hear it, how it affects people. But you're staying positive and you're, you're, stay, you're staying well, so just keep well, Chris, and thanks for joining us. Thank you Bye. so much. See you again soon, Chris. Yes. Oh, I'd like to add one more thing. Congratulations on your latest award. <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> Thank you so much, you little sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> no problem. And thank you. Okay, take care.
So thanks again for joining us here on Diffability. We um, love having you on board with us. Now remember, if there's anything you want us to talk about, or if anybody listening would like to be a guest, we are currently looking for some more guests, aren't we, Michael? Yeah. To join us. So I've put a post out on social media the other day, and quite a few people's got back wanting to come on. Uh, we are open to talk about. We're wanting to discuss a whole range of different disabilities, uh, conditions, whether you're a carer. Uh, a parent of a child with a disability you know we're all welcome on here we want to talk about a massive different range of uh, disabilities and we want to find out more as well because obviously we only live and breathe mainly autism and epilepsy but we, we would like to talk about different conditions and we have got a lot of different conditions coming up on the show so thanks for joining us and L- please remember to like subscribe share and, and, review. and review leave those reviews they're really important yeah leave those reviews um so check us out on all social media that while bryce family and we'll always try and message you back if you want to reach out to us 